Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello to all our amazing listeners out there. Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I'm Maria, and I am joined here with my co-host, Cody. Uh, we would like to chat with you today about a scenario that came in from one of our listeners. We're really excited to talk about this, but first, I want to let you know that the reason that we have this content is because of one of our listeners. So we would love your help in getting this podcast into the hands and ears of other people. And the easiest way for you to do that is for you to leave a rating and or a review for us right there, wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right into our question. Cody. Yeah. So this was a question from a coach who actually reached out to me directly. Um, they were actually in our group on Facebook. Um, and he messaged me and just basically said, hey, man, like I've got this situation and I'm just curious as to what your feedback is. Um, and I kind of gave him a little bit, but I told him that, you know, this might actually be a really good opportunity for us to talk on the on the show for it. Mm -hmm. um, so just to like keep an eye out for that. So um, so basically he hit me up and said that he has been working with the client for about two years now. Um and he said that he's loved working with this client, that they're like a really good person, that they have made a lot of good progress. Um, you know, they've had their ups and downs here and there, but overall it's been going really well. Um, and they've been doing monthly sessions for about a year and a half now. Like when they first started, like they were meeting more consistently, but then they moved to monthly okay. about a year and a half ago. Um, and they just recently actually moved to quarterly sessions because um, I guess the client was like, hey, like, you know, I feel like I have a good grasp on things. Can we meet every quarter from here on out? And he was like, yeah, totally. You know, okay. we've put in some work. Let's do it. Um, however, one of the things that uh, the client was kind of struggling with and kind of going back and forth with is, you know, they have a decent amount of debt left. Um, most of which is student loans. They've paid off a decent amount of, uh, of debt already, but the, there's a, there's the student loans that are kind of, it seems like almost like a mountain in a way. Okay. Um, and on top of that, uh, this client's car has also been kind of on the brink, um, or at least showing signs of that. Um, you know, they said that the client said that it probably would last like another six months to a year but they definitely want to be like preparing for when that car does go that they can get another car and, and be confident with that. Mm -hmm. um, and the client had brought up the idea of going out and buying a brand new car, uh, you know, like brand new right off the lot um, and going further into debt for that. And the coach said that, you know, after basically three sessions, three or four sessions, which would be the course of three or four months of talking about this, um, that they had both come to the conclusion that buying a brand new car probably wasn't the best, uh, the best option. And that, you know, one of the better options would be, you know, to basically just shift gears from, you know, shifting away from the student loans and instead just stacking savings uh, to essentially buy a new to me car for 10 to $15,000 in cash. 
so that they don't have to have that extra payment and they can go right back into focusing on paying off their student loans and stuff like that. Um, and there was a lot of deeper discussion, he said. You know, he said that, like, you know, it wasn't just about the numbers. Like, they talked a lot about, like, who, like, what kind of person this this client wants to be, like, what they value, like, all those different types of things. And he said that they felt that he felt that the conversation went really, really well and that they were on the same page and, and all that jazz. Now, with all that being said, when they switched to quarterly meetings and that accountability kind of went down a little bit more, mm -hmm. um, he said that he recently checked in with this client just to see how they're doing, you know, probably like a month and a half or so after they had met last. Um, and it turns out that the client actually went out and bought a brand new car, <laughs> um, which went against everything that they discussed for like the three to four months prior to that. Um, and not only just, you know, some random brand new car, but it was an expensive one. You know, it was one that was like $40,000 and it had a payment, a monthly payment of $600 a month. Uh, and that really throws a wrench into things for this client's plan. So he was just asking, like, how do you handle those situations to where you put a lot of time and effort and energy into developing uh, this like this plan with your client um, and something that you feel like both you and the client are on the same page with. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some time passes and you find out that they actually just went off and did the exact opposite of everything that you had discussed for months prior. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, you know, do I just accept that and just like work it into our new plan when we meet next? Do I like draw a line somewhere and say, Hey, like, you know, if you're not going to take this seriously or, you know, take the advice, uh, or the recommendations, uh, that we're, that we're talking about in coaching, then I think that we should just step away and just let things go. Um, you know, he's, he's just kind of at a crossroads. He doesn't know what to do and how to move forward from here. So that's wow. the conversation that we want to unpack. Yeah. And there's so much to unpack there. First, I'll say that in this, in this day and age, um, you know, just the current circumstances that we're in, the fact that it's a car that, that throws a whole nother layer of, of discussion, but I don't want to focus on that because that is an ever-changing thing. It sounds like what this individual's really wanting to focus in on, on is, what happens when they don't do what we tell them to do? <laughs> and I know, yeah. I know it didn't come out that way. Um, and I know that there, it sounds like there was a lot of discussion and that there was an understanding that there was a mutual agreement to this. Um, but ultimately that's what we want to find out is what happens when we have a client who's, who does the opposite of what they said they were going to do. Mm -hmm. It's a great question. If this were you in that situation, what would your initial response be? And by that, I mean, like, what's, what would be that, that impulse that would allow, that you'd say, would you say, yep, I'm going to draw the line in the sand, you know, or this has gone on for too long. Um, or would you say, I'm just going to work it in to the budget and not say anything. Or would you, or would you impulsively do something totally different? So, um, this is a sticky situation. Uh, because again, like this is a client that is very long-term mm -hmm. and obviously like, you know, they, they are like a, uh, 
a seemingly loyal client. Like, you know, they've been with this person for a long time. Um, it sounds like they've had a good relationship up and up until this one thing. Um, so, you know, if this was my situation, like my initial gut reaction would just be like, why am I even doing this? Hmm. You know, and, mm -hmm. and just, just be like, okay, like, you know, I'm happy that you got the new car, like good for you. But at the same time, um, that's not necessarily why I'm here. So I feel like I just don't want to waste my time. That would be my initial gut reaction. But then there would probably be something in the back of my head that's like, well, wait a second. You do enjoy working with this person. And this person has made progress. Um, and, you know, they have had their ups and downs here and there, sure. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things where, like, you know, finding a new client is much harder than keeping an existent one, hmm. you know. And um, so it is a fine line. Uh, but I would say that my initial gut reaction would be to draw that line. Okay. So um, for those of you not watching, you might have just missed that I totally smirked <laughs> at Cody when he said that. And the reason for my smirk is because both of those really were all about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th I'm going to use the word ego and I don't mean it that you are an egotistical person because anybody who has spent 45 seconds with you knows that that is not the case. <laughs> okay. But okay. ego is just that thing that we want to protect. Right. And mm -hmm. both of your responses, the, the initial one, your gut reaction and the, but that came after that had you at the center of that. The first one was, I don't want to waste my time in a summary, right? Mm -hmm. The second one was, but it'll be a whole lot harder to find someone to replace this person. <laughs> and, and neither one of those were actually looking at the client in general. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I know that that is, it's very easy for us to get wrapped up in, in the ego. And that's normal because that's just, like I said, it's us protecting ourselves. My question would be, the ups and downs, that's come up a couple of times. And I'm, I don't, I know you don't know this individual and I don't know if you got to this part with him or not. If not, maybe you can just guess. Those ups and downs that the, that the client experienced over the last year and a half or two years, did those typically, did those downs typically come after something similar where there was a plan in place and then the client just did the exact opposite of the plan or was there outside forces that were kind of creating those ups and downs. Do you have any idea or any insight, guesses, anything? Yeah. Um, so we didn't dig into that. Okay. Um, but just based off my conversation with him, uh, I would say that if I had to take a guess that it probably was just a mix of both, you know, okay. like maybe like there, maybe there was like, you know, certain things that had happened that, caused a setback here and there. And, and, you know, that's normal, you know, like that's just a part of the journey. Um, but then I think that there may have also been some smaller things in there that, that have had this similar situation. Now it's not like a $40,000 car, but maybe it's like, Hey, like, you know, it's a little thing here or a little thing there, uh, to where it's like, not like the biggest deal in the world, but it's just kind of like, mm, okay, why, you know, like what, like what happened there? So, and I, and I feel like with this individual that, um, that may have caused him to reach out about this scenario 
is because that there was like certain other smaller things that may not have been like a huge deal in the moment, but mm-hmm. just the compounding of them, uh, however many that might be, I don't know, might make him feel a little bit more, uh, you know, it, where, he's, where he's questioning things a little bit more. Sorry, I'll tell Mike about this. Where is this? I have children. Yeah, I have children who are obviously being loud. Just, I'll be right back. Okay. Honest to goodness, she just wanted to show me her painted nails. I know the feeling. (laughs) Give until myself till 1320. Okay, so... It's been kind of compounding, it sounds like, you know, that you're, I know you're just guessing, um, but maybe this was like the straw that broke the camel's back, but it's like, hey, you know. That's what it sounds like. I mean, I can't say for sure, but, you know. Well, let me, let me say this one thing. I think that when, first of all, I don't think that the client did anything that's not human nature, (laughs) just for the record. Right, Um, right. and, And when it comes to change and long lasting change, this is all part of that change process. You know, relapse is one of those things. And in this event, we'd kind of consider this a relapse, not because she bought a new car necessarily, but because she did something that was outside of the plan. However, I wonder if there were some warning signs ahead of time. For example, if, if she bought a new car or he, I don't even know who we're talking about, but if they bought a new car prior to or shortly after, I should say, shortly after they changed everything down to quarterly, then it kind of begs the question, was he or she setting themselves up for this? Did they know in their mind, had they already made up their minds that they were going to buy something different that the coach would not, quote, approve of, (laughs) end quote, Mm -hmm. and set themselves up to not disappoint that person? So that they could kind of buy themselves that quarterly thing and be like, oh, yeah, the car died earlier, you know, but then this coach reached out less than three months later and kind of blew this person's cover. (laughs) So that's one question. And if that's the case, I, as a coach, probably wouldn't just say, well, obviously everything we're doing is not worth anything. If you're not going to do what I say, then, you know, is it is it worth it? I think it's actually the exact opposite. Like this is when I would probably lean in more and, and actually help them determine what was going on. When you were telling me that this was a mutual decision, what were you really thinking? And if they're like, you know, no coach, like I really was, I was a hundred percent on board with that. Okay. So what happened from that time until this decision was made? So we can really start digging into some of those 
like from our last session, ABCDs, I'm ABCD, I don't even know the alphabet anymore. Um, the ABCDs, what do we do? What was the activating event for them? What changed? But if you start peeling back some of those layers, they might go, you know what? Yeah, I was just telling you yes, because I knew it was what you wanted to hear. I'm a people pleaser, you know, and you yep. can help them yep. understand that piece of it as well. And if that's the case, then we as coaches really need to kind of be aware of that and help them to come up with their own plan. See, I think so many times we have an idea of what is the best plan and we do a really good job of helping them believe that it was their idea. And then they do a really good job of convincing us that they're okay with that idea. And then it feels like a letdown to us when they do something different. Whereas if we put our own stuff aside and just walk them through that, they might still come to the conclusion that, you know what? Yeah, I am just going to, I'm going to get a car. I'll, I'll give you an example. As you were talking about this scenario, I was doing math in my head. <laughs> so you, people might've watched me do this on the screen. And I was trying to figure out how many months would it take at $500? And I was just going with that car payment. And then later on, you said that hers was 600. Um, but you had said that this coach mentioned they wanted her to save about 10 to 15,000. Is that right? E to buy yes. a new to me car, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, so even on the low end of that, let's say $10,000, you said that the car was going to last anywhere from six months to a year. So I went on the low end of how long the car lasted and the low end of um, how much that would be. So at $500 a month, how long would it take to save up $10,000? That's pretty easy. Uh, that, that would be like a year and a half. I just said it was easy math and then he threw me off because that seemed longer than I thought. Okay, so a year and a half. Okay, so if it's going to take longer to save up a thousand, I mean $10,000, and you're right, by the way, it is about a year and a half. <laughs> I just can't do math. <laughs> if it's going to take a year and a half to save that up to buy a new to me car at $500 a, a, a month, and the car's only going to last six to 12 months, what do you, what do you think that they're thinking? So from my, so we did talk about this, me, uh, the coach and I, because okay. I asked him the same question. Okay. I was like, okay, so how long would it take him or t take them? I don't know if it's a boy yeah. or a girl either, <laughs> but I said, how long would it take them to, uh, to save this 10 to 15? Yeah. And he told me that it would take around four to six months. Okay. So it does fall within that, like, you know, it's so close kind of thing. Like, okay. but I feel like maybe the person just really wanted the car. I mean, I don't know. Very, you know? That's very possible. Um, a lot of times I like to look at cash flow rather than just net worth and, and, you know, debt loads and that kind of stuff. And that's why I'm asking, because if that threw a wrench, it sounds like it threw a wrench into the plan. Um, but if that person could legitimately cash flow $10,000 within four to six months, then is a $600 car payment actually throwing a huge wrench into their cash flow? I mean, it's not like the end of the world, um, but with from from what I would say, you know, just just running numbers through my head too. You know, if this person had 
let's just say $1,500 or $2,000 extra at the end of every month. Um, yeah, like $600 takes away probably like a quarter to a third of that. Um, but again, like, you know, that does add the extra 40 grand on there. Um, and it also really slows down the progress on their student loans, which I don't know how this person feels about their student loans, but um, I know just based off of many of my clients that I work with, that the student loans are very uh, draining. You know, it's like, I feel like I'm never going to get these paid off. Like, you know, that, like that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of the times, like people rack up student loans and they don't even use their degree, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's almost like a burden, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I'm just using my own clients as an example. Yeah. I could see that being a, a situation there. Yeah. And this is this again, this is not a statement as to whether or not it was, you know, the best thing for her to do. It's just these are some of the questions that come up, I think. And we need to as coaches, we just need to be. We really need to be client focused. And if indeed she made a decision that will completely derail her plan. She needs to be able to see that or he. <laughs> How about you just call this client he, I'll call him or her she, and we'll just be okay. good. Okay. So she needs to be able to recognize that because if not, if it, then it's just the coach telling her you made a mistake, right? And, mm -hmm. and because you're not willing to do what we said in, into motion, now we're not able to work together anymore. And like I said earlier, I think this is actually when she's going to need a coach the most, not to tell her what to do, but to help her recognize what was the activating event? What were the emotions that went along with that? What were the beliefs? Like one of the beliefs in there might be that there is no good car on the market for $10,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows if that's, if that's the belief, then you have to check that with reality. Maybe in these times that is a reality. I don't know. I think that that's one of the things that we forget sometimes is that a lot of times things happen because we do something and sometimes things happen because it's just the circumstances that we're in. And a lot of times when things get conflated and no, no one knows which is which anymore, um, but we can't throw both of them out at the same time. There, there tends to be some overlap there. So, uh, so yeah, I think, I think it's a really, really great conversation to have. Um, and I just think a asking questions of that person is probably the best approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I agree. I, I think that what you said has a lot of value to it. Like, I think that if this coach were to go to their next meeting with mm -hmm. their client and they approach the, the, the session, not as like a, Hey, you messed up, you know, kind of thing, but more so of like, Hey, like, I'm just, I just really want to understand what happened here and, you know, the reasoning behind it. Cause I thought that we were on the same page, but clearly we weren't. Um, and that's fine, but I just want to like better understand you and see what, what sort of events led up to this decision. And then by figuring that out, then we can actually figure out how to move forward from here with a new quote unquote plan, uh, of execution from there. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of notes <laughs> when, when you mentioned, um, I thought we were on the same page and obviously we weren't. I think that's actually inserting your opinion about that as well. And that's mm -hmm. not necessarily obvious. 
like I mentioned earlier, it's possible that you were on the same page and that something happened after that session and into something right, else. Right, right. Okay, so that is right. a possibility. A good point, um, good point. I don't remember the other note that I had mentally. <laughs> so, so I won't waste your time and, and share that with you. Uh, I just wanna bring up a quick analogy and that is as a parent to a child. A lot of times as parents, we recognize that there are lessons that we want to impart onto our children. And we also recognize that our children are different than we are just naturally, right? I mean, there's they have different personalities, different interests, et cetera. How would you approach a child? This is a rhetorical question and you don't have to answer it. But as a coach, I would ask you to think about this if something like this happens. If a child does something that deliberately disobeys you, you're going to approach them differently than if they do something that's different than the way you would have done it. Maybe it's actually a little bit harmful to them, but it's not a matter of life and death. However you would approach that kid in that last scenario is how I would encourage you to approach a client in a situation like this one. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's really good. Especially coming from someone who, you know, we're both parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I have a seven year old, almost eight year old and those situations come up quite often. Uh, and you know, what I can say with that is that I always, I always try and like ask questions. You know, I, I don't, tell her, you know, what is right or wrong or what she did right or wrong or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just ask her questions. And then, you know, when she finally kind of realizes it, then I lay in like the lesson from there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's a great approach. And I think that, you know, the, the coach that is dealing with this situation, you know, if, if you were to listen to the last 20 minutes of this entire conversation and just pick one thing out of it, I think that that nugget is probably the thing that you should pay attention to the most. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hopefully that helped. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope that you are listening. Whoever wrote in <laughs> that question or whoever actually didn't write it in, you talked to Cody. Um, but I do hope that you're listening today and that that was a helpful scenario for you as well. And please feel free to let us know whether directly to Cody or, or through the Facebook group, let us know what you ended up doing with that client and then how it turned out. I just think that would be a really great thing to, to know. And if you, if you need additional support with specific questions, go ahead and hop on our group and then ask to speak with one of us because Cody or I would be happy to give you some time and just, you know, help walk you through that process. I just totally, I, I volunteered you, Cody. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Fine by me. Fine by me. <laughs> All yeah. right, Cody, before we close out, could you tell them how to get into that group, please? Yes. So the group is free. Um, and basically, you just have to request uh, to be a part of it, you know, to join it. But it's a Facebook group. Um, and the Facebook group is New Money Habits Financial Coaches. Uh, if you or anyone who's listening is not part of that group, shame on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it would be cool to have you join. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun in there. So we can, uh, and we always love seeing it grow, um, of course, because that just means that we're going to have more coaches who have a lot of value to add to that and to, uh, 
just help support the other coaches in growing their own practices. So uh, New Money Habits Financial Coaches is the group, and uh, we'd love to have you join and party with us. Sounds great. You guys, thanks as always for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.